Good morning, Jean-Marc. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How good, are good, you? Good, very good, very good. You slept well? Yes, we thank the Lord for sleep, yes. Amen, amen to that. It's lovely to have you here this morning. Um, why don't we open up in prayer? We we can't start this show unless we start, you know, giving glory to, I always said a man, man, but, you know, <laughs> God is a man. Mm, he is. Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you so much, Father, that it is truly through you that we live and we move and we have our being. We thank you for the breath of life, Father. Father, we thank you for our families. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we thank you, Father, for everything that you are doing, Father, in this world, Father. Father, it is truly about you. Father, you are the author and you are the finisher. Father, you are the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. And Father, we just pray that as we spend time looking into the Philadelphia church today, that the we will be encouraged. We'll be encouraged by what has happened with our brothers and sisters before us, Father, the things that they went through and the things that we are also going through and will mm. go through, Father, in order, Father, for your kingdom to come and for your will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, we just pray and commit this show into your hands, Father. Put the words in our mouths and help us this morning, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Miles. Thank you for that. Um, as I said again, I just want to welcome you all, uh, whether you're via Zoom, Facebook or YouTube. Thank you for uh, logging in this morning. Um, I hope you had a wonderful week um, despite uh, the different circumstances. Uh, just to remind uh, very briefly um, all our listeners that you can get in touch with us via Facebook. Uh, we also got a um, Twitter account and WhatsApp. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, we receive a lot of information in relation to, to WhatsApp, isn't it? This kind of uh, br uh, breaking of data, privacy, uh, and so change on. The change of terms and conditions. Yeah, what's the change of term of condition in a nutshell? Um, the thing is, I think it's more about the, the sharing of information. So the thing is, because WhatsApp and Facebook are all links now, um, they, will be, they will be able to, on which we knew would come anyway, um, that they're going to begin to share your information or our information with other parties um we we wouldn't have any control over who those parties are um so therefore people are now looking at different platforms i think whatsapp is one of the last places um where this hasn't actually taken place in the sense of you can kind of have um, conversations and share information without it being blocked or without it being taken down or you know and and um they they they're wanting access to that basically 
Um, so the terms and conditions are changing on the 8th, I think it's the 8th of February. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are looking at different platforms at the moment to be able to um, communicate. Well, we're we also looking on, on those platforms. Um, there's a couple of uh, names I mentioned, so we're looking into and uh, <coughs> sorry, we will keep you updated as soon as we can when we believe that it's time to uh, to move from from whatsapp but it looks like many people have begun to to migrate but i've you know i've got to really look into this and, and be more mm. detailed uh, first of all the accuracy of this and and also um yeah and just to really to check it so um bear with us as soon as we get more information then we will let you know um, i think there's a couple of um messages type that people have been logging in someone called telegram and another another one called signal um so it might be something as well that you may want to look uh in that sense from from you from your own perspective but uh times are changing isn't it rapidly rapidly and uh and and i think for us we're looking at the situation and we're looking at how we are doing what we're doing now and just knowing that there's a lot a lot of changes taking place and and over the, the the month of February, March, April, we're going to be looking at all those changes that's done behind the scene from the big players. But uh, you know, we we can't start the show, to be honest, uh, without um, first of all introducing the look, the news, what's going on. And I believe, you know, looking at this for now, you be praying for this young lady yesterday, Miles, isn't it? Do, do you want to tell us briefly about? Mm-hmm. It? I can actually open the page and have a look a bit more detail what he says yeah um this young woman her name is hannah she had a a hemorrhage bleed on the brain um i think it was from last week and we had a message through the women of the watch we had a message through just to pray for her um just just a bit to pray for her i I just i was like at first i was like we don't normally get things through like this from the news so every now and then we'll someone will see something in the news and well yeah, certain things we when we, we just just pray for people um but they were just saying that you know what happened was straight away her sister um put a message out and um and asked for people to begin to pray for her and because she was the the doctors were just saying they they can't really do that much um and what her sister's been saying is they've they've begun to see movements now so small movements whereas you know they wouldn't be able to to normally do that um and it's such a shame when you think about the the times that we are in because normally you would have people at your bedside especially when you're in a coma they always say it's really good to hear the voices of your loved ones to hear people speaking to you and I know when um Jesse was born and he was so little and he was he couldn't really breathe and he was on he you know he was nice he he was in the 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 incubator. ICU and in the incubator and you know and he had all the breathing apparatus on him you know we and we just didn't know from moment to moment whether what was well we knew because the lord spoke to us the holy spirit spoke to us and said you know even before he was born um even before he was conceived you know it was just like but the thing is one of the things that I read around that time was it's good to continue to speak, you know, speak words of life. Of course, we know that, but to speak and because they can hear you, you know, they can hear you and they can hear, they can hear you. So 
you know, it's it's such a shame that, you know, this time physically people aren't able to be around her, laying hands on her, praying and all of these things. But the wonderful thing that's happened is a, a movement of prayer has begun for this young lady. Um, and just to keep her in your prayers, you know, um, her name is Hannah. And um, and and people are now beginning to pray. As they said, they're holding Zoom meetings every day at 10 a.m. and 8, 8 which, p.m. Which you can attend. Yeah, um, and anyone's and have allowed anyone to join. Um, let's click on the link and, and, yeah. and see what it, what it says here. Oh, obviously, it's uh, not open now because obviously they're yeah. they're not there. But it's um, which I didn't know about, which is really great. Um, yeah. Obviously, we have all of our other people that we're praying for at the moment, so it may not be pop- possible, and it's prayer and fasting times so it may not be possible f- for us to join these things but just to raise her up in prayer um you know um when when you can you know you can fantastic so uh, again if you want to join in prayer um for anna uh praying with the family for anna please um use the uh, as you can see on the top this premier christian news and then look for um the story of anna and then there's a zoom link there and it's every day at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Um, we will um, continue to pray for Anna as well for speedy recovery. Um, in this mm. situation, we know God is capable of doing the impossible. Yeah. I mean, when, as I was saying about, mentioned about Jesse, but mm. when he was in hospital, I mean, we would, wouldn't normally, we'd just kind of keep ourselves to ourselves and not really mm-hmm. speak about things. But we knew that, you know, this was, it was beyond us. You know, when we saw him in that incubator when he was born, we knew it was beyond us. We needed mm. the prayer of the saints. And right. the church began to pray. Um, people, even now, you know, um, friends of friends of friends were praying. And when they meet him now, they're like, wow, this is who I prayed for. And we didn't even know they were praying for him. That's right. And it's just like he came out of hospital. And even now, he had, you know, he was born at 24 weeks and he had. Not now, mm. nothing. His lungs were perfect. Everything was lovely. Everything's working, and his mind is working well and perfectly. And we know it's because of the prayers that went up for him. That's right. You know absolutely. everything. You know we know it's that. Mm. So it's just please, please, please. You know, continue to to bring Hannah before the Lord. She's twenty two years old. You know, mm. she's you got know. life ahead. Yeah, of her. she's married yeah. and everything. You know, wow. just you know, pray. F- please pray for her. Mm. The other thing that you wanted to mention as well um, before we close this uh, is Donald Trump, isn't it? Mm. I, I'm interested about the better leader repost an apology again here uh, for wrongly prophesying that Trump would win the election. Chris Valentin, one of your main men. One of my main men. Um, the thing is, I've read about a lot about the... Um, I was always interested in the way they've set things up um, at Bethel and not, not necessarily... Um, other things, but the thing is, at the end of the day, they they set up a school of prophets, and I remember speaking about it years ago, and I saw the yep. the setup of the way that they set things up, and mm-hmm. you know their music ministry and everything. So, um, it's more so about the way that the the church was was being kind of structured, um, and le- and the management and leadership of it. So I was looking into that a lot. So the thing is when um. This, this, I mean, many people um, kind of implied that um, Trump would win. So uh, it's it's interesting that 
John Mark's here nodding his head furiously, you know. Um, <laughs> many people prophesied that, um, not just Chris Vallotton. Um, yeah. Oh, Vallotton. Not, not just Chris Vallotton. Um, so it's interesting that he's come out and he's actually apologising. That's good. Um, it's yeah. He said it's, and I think it's it's probably it's probably one of the first that I've heard. Um, who said that? And I think many. Listen, what what, what yeah. the Bible said about prophecy? We but, were prophesying. But, yeah, but it's that. interesting that he yeah. said he would hold off on making a decision as to whether or not to stick by his apology until after the official vote count is complete. And I think this is what he's. T- and I was just about to say that because a lot of people have prophesied this. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, as fathers, and and it's true, you know, it's not over till it's over. You know, the twentieth. Is is the th- votes are still being counted, but the thing is, I don't even think it's about the votes anymore. And the votes, is, I, is it's, done. It's done. yeah, I think it's about whether, you know, you know, God, God will intervene because of the prayers of the saints. This is it. And the thing is, you know, God will intervene anyway because of His sovereign will, if He, if that is His will, you know. Um, but the thing is, you know, Jean Marc, Jean Marc's here and he's going. We have this discussion for many yeah, months when yeah, everybody was prophesying that he was yeah. going to be elected. I said, no, it's, it's not going. Yeah. Uh, I believe Biden's going to be elected because there's a plan and a purpose set yeah, up he's by about, God. Jean Marc's always timing. been talking about the sovereign will of God. Yeah. And, you know, so we've been having these discussions for months in this house. Um, and, and you know, we've been at either side of the camp at times. And uh, but it's so it's well, quite well, it's, been, it's been it's not like the Brexit, is it? No, it's not like Brexit. No, darling, not, we've not been on either side. No. But in the sense of, you know, I've been like, mm, but Lord, mm, you know, but I just, you know, and really, really going for it. And um, and then towards the end, Holy Spirit spoke to me and just was just like, he's he's not going to win. Um, but the thing is. You I, know, it's I, but I, I think that the thing the thing is yeah. is this. You know, there is what we said is there's the will of God and, mm. and there's the sovereign will of God. And I always believe that the sovereign will of God. You know, well, as we're looking into this and you know, as we've been doing Revelation Hour for for few years now, we understand that there's a, there is the ultimate goal is that at the end of everything that's taking place now, Jesus is coming back. But between the period of him coming back, there have to be a series of events that has been prophesied in the Bible through many prophets such as Daniel, Isaiah, um, John in the book of Revelation and others. And for me, looking at the circumstances and this, and, and I think the Lord has kind of spoke to me already a long time before about this situation, about the election. And I don't tend to get involved and I'm not prophesying an election because, you know, like I said, we prophesy in part. And the last thing that I want is beginning to tell people, ah, this is what's going to happen, and then find out basically it didn't. So I tend to avoid this kind of prophecy in that sense. But what the Lord was showing me, as you mentioned, and what he spoke to you as well, is his sovereign will, which is really at times, you know. There are things that we want to see in the kingdom mm-hmm. of God, and we are praying for to see in the kingdom of God. But mm-hmm. there also are things that are inevitable, because God has already spoken about it. So those things, for example, when we're talking about the Antichrist, that is inevitable. Regardless of we're praying or we're not praying, it's inevitable it will happen. But what's happening is sometimes what the prayer of the sin does, it delays this. But there's still that will and the, uh, the, the sovereign will of God. Now, I don't know what God's will is for Biden to be in power. You know, I don't know. 
is it to accelerate events that would propel things to crumble or not i have no idea and i am not going to prophesy on it because i haven't heard anything from the lord all i do know at the moment the only thing that the lord has spoken to me about recently is that biden was going to be elected it wasn't it wasn't going to be that easy straightforward but it's going to be elected now maybe i'm wrong you know anything as you said anything can happen you know we got up to the 20th it can be elected and something can happen but the interesting thing as we look at this as well is now we've seen a pinchment now it's been impeached for a second time so i don't know whether it's relevant or not and i don't know what god's will is in this situation but uh, a lot of prophets has been speaking about division you know division in the country and i don't know what's the result would be the result of it but i think that we need to continue to pray for him regardless of whether it is in or out of power because obviously he has a love influence as we've seen it you know he has a love influence so we gotta pray for biden you know everybody's be talking about biden his policies and his is is underlying things that he's doing behind we still got to pray for them as well because you, you keep saying Mal, saying you rightly say that everything that i spent to america tend to begin to filter through the rest of the world so regardless of who's elected or not we've got to continue to pray yeah my i my heart when it comes to these things uh, i just um I, I, I'm just lost for words at times with regards to these things. And uh, mm. I thank God f- that we can pray in the spirit, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's, um, yeah, for the gift of being able to pray in the spirit, because it's just, it's it's a lot, you know, when you you look at all of this. And, and what interestingly you just said in terms of Donald Trump, and it's so, t- and I was just, as you were saying it, I just saw, um, the influence that he has, as you said, whether he's in power or not, sometimes people feel we need these um, official structures for people to be able to still actually have impact um, upon a nation. And, you know, the thing is when you, in, in and we know that that's not true, but the thing is when you look at it, people, are, we're, in a way, it's like some people are thinking, okay, in order for certain things to take place, Trump still needs to be in, in the White House. Of course, there are particular things that won't take place in terms of legislation and all of these different things um, because he won't have the power to actually affect those things. But as when you as you said, he still has a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm, I'm like thinking, actually, he does. Um, and in a way, I think all of this will probably um, just galvanize um, particular supporters even more mm. um, and galvanize the the others who were supporting him in terms of what is taking place um, as they as they say against America mm-hmm. they're saying this is taking place against America um, and have they said and the whole world because it's it's you know it's um, I think it was a cardinal who said that you know Donald Trump is the last line of kind of defense against the the powers of darkness um that you know that's my words but kind of like that um so if you if you think about it he was saying to him that he needed to do what he needed to do now before all of those things you know they escalated and i and you know a lot of people have said that donald trump was i mean he he was he was a thorn in the side of of, of these people 
Um, and as you said, it's about delaying, delaying, delaying. And that's that's but, the word. But, mm. you know, a lot of be people um, prophetically have been saying about, you know, they're talking about this great reset um, that, you know, the people, the elites are, are talking about, but, and, and they are, have planned. But also, people have spoken prophetically about the reset of this timing that we have now the clock being reset for us as people you know um it's been spoken about even as we were praying this morning you know another word was given about that you know we were waiting on the lord and it was like yes there's been a reset the the the, the lord the holy spirit said i'm i've the lord is resetting you know it's resetting the clock you know Very interesting so it's um we we have a set time to do what is necessary mm-hmm. you know to do what god has called for us to do and and the one thing that as i said before i mentioned before you know at the beginning of all of this last year holy spirit was speaking to me about not being distracted and about continuing to do the things that he's called for us to do mm-hmm. don't be distracted by all that's going on around us to continue to focus and to com- to do the things that he's called for us to do mm-hmm. um and again, it keeps coming back that we need to focus on God's kingdom, mm-hmm. his kingdom, the reign of God, the rule of God, um, his kingdom coming, people knowing souls being saved, because ultimately that's what we're here for. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. Thank you, Marcia. Thank you for the for the latest news here. Um, interesting, very refreshing. Um, so I change a little bit the things here because I used to say, now I truly believe that what we're actually seeing is a world being built for the arrival of the Antichrist. Yeah. And that's really what I believe. Mm. I we're seeing it more and more now. We're, it's we're very evident it's now. extremely evident. And it's in, it's in the open. And that's what it is. We are now seeing this world. They're rebuilding the world. And, and I think that what happened with the COVID-19 or... COVID-20 or COVID-P1, the, the new variants, Brazil variants that they're talking about now, is beginning to accelerate this process of rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You know? And that is their slogan, you mm-hmm. know, build back better. Yeah, here we go. You know, there we go. So that is very, very interesting. And we've got as people of God to be aware that we are in the midst of this rebuilding process from a worldly perspective. However, what I always said and what I keep saying is that our focus has to be the kingdom of yes. God. That is really, and this is where I truly believe that now we are seeing a, a, a really a, a antithesis and a paradigm mm-hmm. shift, mm-hmm. a very a gap that's widening now between the king, people focusing on the kingdom of God and people focusing on the rebuild of this world. And the reason I'm saying this is because we have seen over the last year since 2019 a major shift. People got shocked or the first lockdown and how things have been moving and there's been a lot of videos circulating and so on. But right now, people are beginning to walk towards this rebuilding process. Whether they like it or not, the world has now shifted the paradigm into it. And we are talking things such as 
uh, climate change and, and, and so on and other aspects of it, which we're going to be focusing on um, in a, from two weeks on about this new rebuilding process, as well as us focusing into the kingdom of God. Mm. So, First Peter 5.8 really says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Second Corinthians 2.11 says this, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So it's very important that now we understand how the world is working. As we build the kingdom of God, we got to understand that our things are now fitting, you know into pieces we have to be vigilant very interesting and this scripture the entrance of your words give light it give understanding to the simple and he says in second timothy 2 15 17 be diligent to present yourself approved to god a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and that is very important we have to begin to read the word of God and have the Holy Spirit in us to guide us in all season and everything that we do now. From the word that we're reading to the to how we're applying and, and become let this word become Rema into our life so we can begin now to walk in the direction. It's very important that we know the word of God because deception is yeah, is big. So over the last few months the lord has really spoken to our heart to go back into the seven churches of the book of revelation the seven letters uh, to the seven churches to really make us understand because god used those seven letters to help us pretty much in a journey as a christian as well but also as the body of christ how we should relate with each other and the things that god is happy of jesus is happy about the thing is not happy about now we know that as we looked into the book of Revelation, the word revelation means unveiling and covering is a presentation of something that was hidden. Now, whilst, what we're talking about, John was basically revealing Jesus and that's what the book of Revelation is all about. Even including the different prophecy, the main purpose of the book of Revelation is to reveal our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that when we're looking at those letters, we could apply on f- those letters on four different levels. You can apply them locally. So there were real church that existed in those times. They can also be applied uh, in terms of the church as a whole, the church, the body of Christ. And then finally, they can, they can also be applied on a personal level. We are part of the body of Christ, so we can be applied personally. And also, what I forgot to mention, those four letters can also be applied prophetically is basically what i'm talking about those prophetic messages depict seven key stages of josh history so so far those are the letters that we looked into ephesus smyrna pergamon tataya and then last week we look into sardis now the way jesus wrote those letters was similar to the way the postman would do his round when he would distribute letters and the post to the different city he would start from ephesus and make his way all the way to smyrna pergamon tataya sardis philadelphia and finishing in laodicea and as we know those cities were located in modern day turkey uh, which is now now what we need to understand from the prophetic application of those uh, letters 
is referred to the different church age name from the apostolic to the apostate church which is the church that we're going to be looking um next week so in terms of what we look so far um we looked at the church of ephesus which means the first love and the darling and the problem that jesus had with that church that they married to the ministry and not jesus they left their first love and in terms of the prophetic application of the church, it was from the 50 AD all the way to 100 AD. Then we look at Smyrna, which is myrrh, or mean crushed. And that started from 100 AD to 313 AD. And we talked about the myrrh being a burial spice, which would deliver the sweet perfume when it was crushed. And in the same way that this myrrh would deliver this few perfume and was crushed, the church is Myrna where being crushed, they were being persecuted. And we actually look at a different wave of persecution or different Roman emperor who actually persecuted the church. So we know that from that moment the church was persecuted, it was outlawed, they grew, they still grew and Christianity lived on. Jesus has nothing bad to say about this church. As a matter of fact, Jesus loved this church. Then we looked into Pergamos, which is mixed marriage, which was during the period of 313 AD to 575. And this is where the church began to marry into the world. This is where the church began to compromise. This is where paganism began to enter into the church. We know that Constantine declared Christianity as a religion of the Roman Empire. And during that time, a lot of the church leaders became prominent in the in the roman empire they were they were hidden and then suddenly they were in the open and they began to mix with the ways of the world and then we looked at the tataya church which means continual sacrifice this is between the period of 680 to 1580 and you know this church represents the period of the roman catholic uh, in that sense the church has grown very powerful and became very corrupt in that sense. They allow what we spoke about, the Jezebel spirit and all kind of paganism entering the church. We spoke about sexual immorality and we spoke about how this lady that had the spirit of Jezebel was leading the leaders of the church and the members of the church to join a trade union. Um, and those trade unions, in a way, they was working the fact that they couldn't work or they couldn't do anything unless they joined a trade union. And in those trade unions, they were performing all kind of sexual act immorality. And Jezebel in that spirit was really leading those people to, to really join those trade unions. And you think about a situation where they didn't have any choice at all. You either join the trade union or you either starve. A reminder of Revelation 13, isn't mm. it? In that sense. And then we looked last week into Sardis, which is called the Dead Church. Um, the remnant and that was during the period of 1500 to 1880 and he see the church that failed to be watchful remember that story about the city of sardis yeah. where they failed to be faithful mm. and they were taken over twice and that was the same thing and in that church jesus was urgently uh, encouraging the leaders of the church and the members of the church to resuscitate what was still alive in order to enter into the kingdom of God. You know, one of the things that we got to remind about, every time God was giving, Jesus was writing those letters, he was basically saying that if you do not repent, I will cut out, of, I will cut you out of it. And you got to realize that up to today, there's no church in the city except the church in Smyrna and the church yeah. that we're going to look today in Philadelphia yeah. as well. 
do you want you to say something no no go ahead okay so those were so far that's why we looked into the churches and we learn a lot about those churches we learn a lot about how we need to conduct ourselves. we also learn a lot what needs to be done uh, especially when it comes to the body of christ now the next stop is the church of philadelphia now this is a wonderful church this is also the second church that jesus has nothing wrong to say about so in those seven letters there's only two church jesus has nothing wrong to say the church of smyrna which was the uh, crushed persecuted churches and this church philadelphia that we're going to look into now which is uh, also called the missionary church very interesting so let's turn to the book of genesis chapter 3 from verse 7 to verse 13 and master if you want to read it that'd be great this revelation here yeah and to the angel of the church in philadelphia write these things says he who is holy he who is true he who has the key of david he who opens and no no one shuts and shuts and no one opens and know your works see I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength have kept my word and have not denied my name indeed I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie indeed I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is so much to say, but I can't, we can't take everything out of it, but there's so much to talk about when it comes to the church of Philadelphia. Now, the first thing that I mentioned and we mentioned all the churches, Jesus always starts. First of all, he addressed the angel of the church, which is the messenger, which is the pastor of the church. And then he began to give a discussion of himself to address the church. Now, here is that he who is holy, he who is true. Mm. This is the thing that we're going to, if you hold on to this for now, and then we'll look into this in a minute. But let's look into the background and the city Um well, we talked to city of uh, um, Philadelphia. Now, there's no many um, pictures uh, in that sense that I could dig out uh, from the city, but that was one of the most prominent uh, structure, old structure of the city of Philadelphia. Now, the, the city is also mean of brotherly love or one who love his brother that is really the meaning that of philadelphia in that sense and a greek word for this is philadelphos now what we got to understand is philadelphia is the youngest 
of the four the seven cities that we spoke about or the six cities that we spoke about so out of all the city that jesus wrote the latest from philadelphia is the youngest of the city and just to give you a bit of a, a, a description this city said is stood on a low broad easily defended hill at the foot of the mount tmolus which is the city of bozdak today in turkey and they were commanding extensive fertile plain of the Hermes river which is today Gedis. so those of it so that city was about 73 miles east of smyrna it was about 28 miles southwest of sardis and it was 47 miles northwest of ladeosia now what is interesting about um this city it started um by a name it was created by a name called Herminus the second and in 189 before christ and when he died he was succeeded by his young brother atalus of pergamon now the things about this story why is it so interesting is the fact that the brother was so close that atalus when he succeeded his brother to the throne named many buildings in the name of his brother and also made coins in his image and the interesting thing and because of that the people begin to refer the city or the city of philadelphia which the city of brotherly love or the one we love is brother and that's why the name philadelphia came because of the story of those those two uh interesting uh character now the the importance and the story to point is that first of all this city and i'm going to mention the is and i don't think whether whether many people know that but this city was deliberately built with the intention to become a missionary city that is very interesting like i said jesus never picked a name just for the sake of picking a name there's always a meaning and underlying purpose behind it so that city the purpose of the city was built to become a missionary city it was meant to be a launch pad for the greek culture that's why they built a city they were meant to build a city to be a launch pad for the greek culture and for their civilization and the city was located in a very important road section as i said before between smyrna and ladeosia and pergamon now the other thing that about the city is the agriculture of the city was very good so they were very prosperous when it comes to the soil was very fertile in that sense so there was quite a lot of fertility and one of the things that they were really worshipping was what is called the dionysus the god of wine and fertility so they would give honor and they would give you know glory to this god because of the soul be extremely fertile um as well so those are some of the things that we need to understand now the city was also easily defended by the surrounding district but they had a problem the city was prone to many earthquakes. We know Turkey is very, there's a lot of earthquakes taking place in Turkey. That particular city was prone to many earthquakes. 
and that was bringing the fear in people because they were always expecting uh, 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 an earthquake to come. And as a matter of fact, in 1780, there was a massive earthquake that completely ruined the city, destroyed the city. And from that time, people always been scared of it. And the reason I mentioned this is because when we look about Jesus as he wrote this later, he would speak about them, make them pillars pillars that would stand mm. so that would give the encouragement for people that were fearful of an earthquake for them to be known as a pillar in that sense so those those are very important thing now today that city school that city school um alashe and is a beautiful city uh, as as you can see here and as a matter of fact the city today still has a church operating. That church that was operating, those are still operating. And Jesus did mention to all the letters, if you don't repent, I take my light out of you. I take my spirit out of you. I take my lamp out of you. And you find out that the only two cities that still have a predominant church they're operating are Smyrna and Philadelphia. Interesting. Very so now what jesus has to say about this church nothing <laughs> nothing at all and that is the thing that we're gonna look into now one of the things as we look at the scripture there's two things that we got to understand is why jesus has nothing to say you know we know for the fact when it comes to church of smyrna that the reason jesus has nothing to say is because the church be persecuted mm. and still in the will of god that church you know they were under the authority of god which is very different from the church that we looked last week sardis yeah. they left the holy spirit at the door but that church they were under the guidance of the holy spirit they were under his control now the interesting thing that we looked into this later here is he says here and i mentioned that is holy and who is true Holy is a description of God himself. He said to them, I am who I am. Every fibre of God is holy. So he started with this wonderful scripture. And, and we, you know, we heard it before. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You know, the book of Isaiah and then also in the book of Revelation. You know, when they sing, holy mm. is your name. So it's really a description that holy is who God is. Yeah. And he said to him, is holy and it's true. Now, the Greek words, it's very expensive compared to the English languages. So when you read the Greek, it can mean many, many things. It's got many variants. Some other languages, French as well, can mean many variances. So when you look at it, you say, this thing, his is who is holy. And he say, he who is true. And that word true, it translated to two things. Number one, true and not false. Number two, true and not false fake mm. so what he's saying is that he is true so he's not false he's the real deal and then he's saying i'm not fake i'm not a fake god and that's why he's referred to he started with scripture and he said to them this thing says he god who is holy you know and god who is true and god was not false god was not fake and that's why he started with this very interesting and he then goes and he said he who has the key mm. of 
David. No, that's from the book of Isaiah mm. uh, 22, 15 to 25. And it's a very, very interesting yeah. story here. Yeah. Do you know that story? Go ahead. Yeah, no, you can tell us. Hello. Okay. Ahead. Yeah, interesting. You know Shebna, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I read that story the first time, I was like, wow. I was mind-blowing. The Shebna was a servant of the king Hezekiah. And he was also a keeper of the keys. Mm. So he was the guy who was keeping the keys. So he used to wear these big keys around his shoulder. This, you know, this massive yeah. key. And, and sometimes you see some of the some of the mayor, mayor they still having have those a key. Be, have a key. You yeah. know, the key of the city. Yeah. So he used to wear that big keys around his shoulder. And the thing is, he didn't use his authority or the keys that was given to him to help the people. He used it on himself. And that was the problem. So what happened is the keys were ripped out of his shoulder and they now given the keys to another guy called Eliakim who was godly and who used those keys for the people. So God is pointing out, he said, he who has the key of David, who has the key of David? Jesus. Jesus. Absolutely. And that's exactly because Jesus is the true and Jesus is not false and Mm. Jesus is holy. And so this is how you paint in the description of Philadelphia here. Mm. He's really painting a description of this holiness and as this truthfulness of who Jesus is. And we know in that sense. So Jesus, he says here, I hold the key of David. I have the authority Mm. to open. And that's what I say. He will open and no one shut Mm. and shuts and no one opens mm-hmm. so he's basically saying i'm i am who i am you know i am truth i am not fake i am holy and i have the keys i hold the power to open and shut doors i hold the power over your life in that sense and i think that is so important and because of that the church of philadelphia knew who was the god and they were submitted under the authority of their God in that sense. Now, when we look at the church of Philadelphia, I think, you know, I believe there's not perfect churches. But if we were to look a church near to perfection, Philadelphia is a church to look to. Mm-hmm. Because of their... And it wasn't because they were great. And as you look at the other churches talking, they're great, awesome, they do mighty work and so on. They were under the authority of God. Obedience better than sacrifice, isn't it? Mm. And that's what they were. They were completely obedient without failing. But I think it's lovely where where he also says that, says, for you have little strength. Yeah, we're coming on to this as well. uh, Yeah. So that's the first thing. Mm. The first thing was they were under the authority of God and that's the reason that they, they were, there was nothing wrong about that church. The second thing is they were given divine opportunities. Now, we mentioned about the great location of Philadelphia, you know, to take the culture to the surrounding. You know, wanted to build this, church, this, this, this city to be like a missionary kind of city. You know, to be able to express and expand the culture and the civilization of the Greek Roman, you know. So, this church, in the same time, have the great opportunity to spread the word because of the strategic location. Yeah. And yeah. that is really, really the key there. Yeah, they're on all sides. Yeah. yeah. All sides. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they are the great... All directions. Absolutely. Yeah. They are the great evangelistic calling. Mm. So, really, when he's talking about open door, he's referred to the opportunity of ministry. 
you know, we look at book of Acts chapter 14, mm-hmm. speak about a door of faith to the Gentile. Colossians in 4, 3, Paul pray for an open door as well. And, you know, even 2 Corinthians 2, 12, Paul is talking about a door to the gospel. Yeah. So really that speak of ministry and really that church has an evangelistic calling in essence because of its location. And you see how God did it? He used yeah. the Greek to build a city, to create a city, to be a missionary city so the Greek can expand the culture all over the world. And he planned the church in Philadelphia so the church in Philadelphia can also begin to spread the gospel all over the world because of the way the city is built. Mm. This is how God works. This is wonderful. So he said, Jesus said to the church that he has opened the door for the gospel to be preached. But you see, they needed to see the door in front of them. This is what Jesus said. I have opened. I have said before you an open door, you know. Because they couldn't see, but he said, I have said before you an open door. I have now opened the door for you so you can go and spread the gospel. Mm. You see, what we see here, the church of Philadelphia was spiritually strong church because God gave them that divine opportunity to be able to spread that gospel because of its location and so on. You know, we were talking last time, sometime about sometime when you place your shop you got to look where you place your shop you got to do your market research you know mm. look at the people that you're going to attract god placed his church right where it needed to be placed so the gospel can begin to spread all over the world it reminds me of a book that i was reading back in the days uh, when it was talking about how the roman empire built roads you yeah. know and yeah. those would allow the gospel to be preacher paul mm. was able to carry the gospel because mm-hmm. of those through the roman empire built in mm-hmm. essence very very interesting now the second thing you mentioned it says this so i've said before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have little strength now little strength macros is a great word which means small in quantity it was a small church however even though it was a small church in numbers, this church was used wisely by God. And that's the thing. It does, and this is, this is, this is and this is not a message or a, a, a dig at the big churches. It's nothing to do with that. But it's the fact that this church had little strength. The numbers, they were small in numbers. But they were more effective, as you look at it, they were more effective than the other um, the other churches that we mentioned, the other five churches, are the small numbers. Very interesting. And that remind me a lot. We're not going to go into it, but that remind me of the story of Gideon. Remember Gideon? Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the story of Gideon? Uh, the 300 is, against the... the yeah. He had little strength. Little strength. Yeah. Then it's just like any... The thing is, when he's, it's the Lord who spoke, he said, mighty man of valor. That's right. Know? That's right. Um, it's a very interesting mm. story. You know, we look at it. Um, he was called. He was called to go to war. Um, even he felt that he, he didn't, didn't have, have, he didn't have he what he take. Yeah, he, he didn't come to do from the right family. He yeah. didn't come from, you know, all these yeah. different things. That's right. But the Lord spoke. He spoke to him. Mm-hmm. So Gideon, the way he prepared his men was this. They were equipped with a lamp and a horn. The lamp was covered in a pitcher so that the light did not shine out yet. 
That's what they did. So no, we, we don't know whether they had weapon, but the Bible doesn't specify that they had weapon. They specify what they had. And what he did is spread his 300 men on the east side into three companies. And they begin to crept toward the camp. And with the eyes, they were keeping the eyes on Gideon. So when he gained, was instructed to blow the trumpets and broke the pitcher containing the lamb, the soldier would do the same. So they were waiting on Gideon's instruction to do that. And they also yelled out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they said that when they broke their pitchers and blew the trumpet, they were creating a mighty sound mm. in that sense. And the men in the camp, we're talking about th over 13,000 men against 300. But they believed that there was more than 300. Absolutely. Because of the strategy that That's was right. placed. Exactly. The way Gideon placed his people, mm -hmm. what they used, what may look like that they were thousands, thousands of them, yeah. but they were only 300. Mm. And that's what God does. Mm -hmm. Even though that church was small in quantity, he used them strategically and they mm -hmm. were able to create havocs in the kingdom of God with the small numbers. Mm. Very interesting. I love I love the story of Gideon. And that really show what God says. Sometimes when you think that you have little strength, God can use you. That's especially, that's when he does really that's when use he does you, really it? use you, isn't it? Yeah, when we, we know, we submit to him. The other thing as well, they kept his word. You know, when we look at the word here, they kept his word. Say, so you have little strength, I've kept my word and I've not denied my name. So they guarded his word like it was precious to him, precious to them. Yeah. That's what they did. And they did not deny this word as well. They respected the word of God. They lived by the word of God. They refused to quit living for Jesus despite all the pressure they were going through. Hmm. That's the thing. And that's what was so great with the church of Philadelphia. This complete surrender to the word of God. This complete respect of the word of God. They had the fear of the Lord. Mm. They had the fear of the Lord and they were they were really, really into the words. And that just go really to sum up the prophetic application of this church, which is in reference to the Great Awakening, 725 all the way to 1925. And that was a time of great missionary work. Many men went through that time and you see many things taking place during that time. But this guy, William Carey, was basically the pioneer of all the missionary work. And I think I mentioned that story to you um, before about... Um, he was a shoemaker. And uh, he, has a, he has a very mashup Bible. And he... <laughs> yeah, mash it was really mashup. A mashup Bible. Um, and in, 1990, in 1793... Um, he, he, he had this Bible and he also he had a book called The Last Voyage of Captain Cook. Have you have you read that book or not before? No, we went over briefly at school, but I haven't okay. read it. Yeah. And um, as he read those two books, his, his, his martial Bible and his, and his book on the Voyage of Captain Cook, he became obsessed. He had this very burden, conviction that the gospel needed to be preached out there 
Remember last week we looked at Sardis when they were bringing the Bible back into the masses. Mm. Now, while God was allowing that Bible to be back into the masses, now using that period of time, is now beginning to get the Bible spread into the world. So, what William Carey did, um, he, he read the scripture as well, you know, of Isaiah, Lord, enlarge my territory. Mm. You know, and I think that was the catalyst for him to really say, I need to go out there. The gospel needs to be preached out there. So, what he did, he asked his church to be sent to India. Now, what you got to realize, at the time, most of the Protestants, as we look at last week, you know, they were not active in missionary activities. They were not active at all when it comes to mission. So, when he said he wanted to be sent to India, he said, all right, go away, go then. And that's what William Carey. So, he was an uneducated, he wasn't educated enough to go. You gotta remember that God using little strength, you know, mm. he had little strength in that sense. He was an uneducated man, you know, went to India, but he just had a passion for the word of God to be preached through the you know, through the masses and overseas. That was that was his calling. That was his calling. So he went for it. So that same year. He was 32 years old. He set off for India, took his wife, and he had three sons. And they said from his diary, two years later, in 1795, he wrote, This indeed is the valley of the shadow of death for me. Or what would I give for a sympathetic friend to whom I might open my heart? But God is here, who not only has compassion, but is able to serve to the utmost. Now, he went to mission, and life wasn't easy. This is not like a five-star hotel that you go and do it. Life was really, really hard. He had conflict with authority. He had financial problem, no money. It was, ter- you know, the, the 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 weather condition was very different from Eng- from England to um from England to India it was very hot. So that was very very difficult for him, and sick all the time, and and he took his toll. He has to. He lost his youngest son, who died at the age of five years old, and his wife suffered from mental illness. But despite this, it was adamant that was the call. That was what God's called him to do. So he pursued with this, and he learned the language. He spent hours in Bible translation work. In the evening and weekend, he would go out and preach on foot on horse, horseback, and it would be seven years before there was one person converted to Christ. Mm-hmm. Seven years. So he spent that time lost his wife to mental his wife became mentally ill lost his son sickness financial issues the authority obviously with the religion the indies you know religions taking place over there they were not accepting a, a, a guy coming in christian bringing the gospel there but he persevered he persevered and they said that Kari and his team produced numerous manuscripts and translation in many different languages and that includes dictionaries, grammar books, and whole version of the Bible in different languages. But in 19, 1812, there was a huge fire that broke and that destroyed most of the work that they've done. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? <sighs> most of the work that they've done were destroyed. And you know what it did? It started again. Mm-hmm. How many times were you giving up when things yeah. are just gone? Yeah. So oh, this is it. Yeah. That's not for us. Yeah. That's not what God yeah. wants. No, 
he had the conviction that I was his calling. Mm. So he started again from scratch, from the beginning. So he, he showed a tremendous perseverance and devotion to the Lord and his work. He rebuilt the printing press and he went on to produce masses of books and he published translation of the Bible in 40 Indian languages. Mm. 40. 40 Indian languages. And because of him, because of what William Carey did and went through, people like John Wensley mm. from the Methodist Church, someone like David Livingstone preached to the African continent. So they had the inspiration for these guys. And another guy, Charles Finney, mm. you know, was, you know, tremendous and empowered by um, 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 Carey that himself he was a 20 29 years old and he was a lawyer and he decided that he must he must settle the question of his soul salvation so on october 10 1821 what he did he went to the wood near his adam new york home to find god and he said i would give my heart to god or i never would come down from there mm. and he said and after several hours he returned to his office when he experienced such a forceful emotion that he questioned who could not testify to similar encounter. He says the Holy Spirit seemed to go through me, body and soul. And later what this, I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves of liquid love for I could not express it in any other way. The next morning, when he returned to his office to meet with client whose case he was about to argue, he says this, I have a retainer from the Lord Jesus Christ to play this cause. He told the man, I cannot play it yours. <laughs> Left. Left. That is what's happening when we're talking about the great awakening. Those great men of God, God used them not only to expand the gospel, but to take it to a different dimension in that sense. Carrie, as you saw, his persevering, his devotion to Christ got him through. As you saw, John Wesley, for me, the Methodist church, Devin Livingstone going to Africa and beginning to preach the gospel there, and someone like Charles Finney be able to give up his well-deserved position, you know, for God in that sense. And what we understand is Carrie was a true pioneer. He was an heir of faith and has been named the father of modern mission. That was his name. And some of his quotes this says this expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Mm. That's the thing. William Carrie also said to know the will of God, we need an open Bible and an open map which is basically to know the will of God, you need to open your Bible and your map and let God decide where he wants to send you. You know, sometimes we decide where we want to go. And I think this is why, I when I start to understand, I begin to understand why Pastor Joseph is so adamant about plotting churches. Yes. Because of the call. This, is, this church is an evangelistic and prophetic church. It's a prophetic and evangelistic mandate to plant churches. And also to to, to bring the, the gospel. Mm. And that is very important. And the other things that we've got to remember also during 
the period of revival because we are talking about a great revival, a great awakening. But during the period of revival, such a Wales, you know, we went to Wales as well. But during the time of revival, they said the pub would close down because they would not want to drink anymore because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Criminality would go down so much that judge would consider resigning, you know. And what was happening is prayer and revival would bring things to a standstill. And that's what was taking place. So this great revival in Wales, they said that it was one of the greatest revival ever taking place you know since the time of the book of uh, the time of the book of act as well and that is very interesting now we went there to this church tell us a little bit about this church very briefly well you know you spoke about the revival i mean evan roberts was the um, what we call the pastor at the time he's very mm-hmm. young he's in his 20s and uh, he just had a love for the lord for the word he he was he used to work in the mines um, started working in the mines, but he would always take his Bible. People said he was always had his Bible, reading his Bible. Um, he started doing small Bible studies in the church. You see, the church wasn't very big. Um, there used to be, in, there was a little house next to that church, which mm-hmm. is where they started off the ch- this church. Literally, just before the revival broke out, they moved into this church, which was the bigger mm-hmm. um, of the church. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they started off as a very small group, a handful of them doing mm. um, Bible studies and praying and, you know, and they, they just, Holy Spirit just came um, and they just had, they had just an encounter with the Holy Spirit. More and more people would come, mm. more and more people would come um, and it, they, he would, they would at times go out onto the street because of the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit being so strong. Mm-hmm. They would go and they would they they would they said as they this revival was taking place, people who were, you know, as they say at that time the, the men who worked in the mines, because of the pressure of the job, they would That's drink. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they wouldn't even go home. They would spend all the money on drink and the families would not have any food at all. Mm-hmm. So they spend the money that was meant to be for the family shopping each week they would spend it they would go out with the boys and they would literally drink the money away mm-hmm. and the thing is in this time they were saying that you know there, there was so prayer there was revival there was uh, you know bible studies taking place you know people were coming from far and wide different parts of wales you know when you go to this small town you know it's a small town isn't it we literally drove through it but mm-hmm. people were coming from far and wide from yeah. other parts of wales to come to this church this small building mm-hmm. so people were in here and they were praying and and the, they were encountering the holy spirit but they were saying that as people were like people were walking from the mines mm-hmm. miners were walking from the mines they would be convicted by the holy spirit these mm. were people who were were drinking alcoholics mm. um they were convicted by the holy spirit and they would come to the church Mm. they would just come and they would come and they would come and they would fall on their knees in the aisles and they would repent they would repent because the the presence of the holy spirit wasn't just in the church it was everywhere all around the place the interesting thing is affected the whole country in essence and what we need to remember that revival this we're not talking about some few months revival that's 25 years revival lasted for about 25 years in essence when the whole country was pretty much as we spoke about Mm -hmm. was on his knees for mm. God, yeah. you know, p- pubs were closing down. I mean, can mm. you imagine? To Police the pubs, had no work. They have no work. Police yeah. have no work at all. Judge yeah. has no work at all. Mm. You know, th- 
you know, the mind, the people in the mind were working with donkeys and they used to talk to donkeys. They used in, to swear. To swear donkeys. Yeah. And because of the Holy Spirit taking over, those people were not swearing anymore, which the donkey could not understand mm. because the, lo- the language. language that they would understand <laughs> was a swearing language. Yeah. So they could not understand what was taking place. Mm. The, the, the whole country went to a standstill when it came to things and everybody was praising God. It was a tremendous. So when we drove there over the summer, you know, we were in, in, in Wales just for um, a few days, just a bit of a break. And we decided to drive to Swansea because we just wanted to see. Yeah. But unfortunately, the church was closed, yeah. obviously, because of the COVID regulation uh, restrictions. But we were able to see uh, a piece of history that took place in a great uh, Wales, a uh, great revival in that sense. And when we think about it, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Jesus used this church philadelphia mm. to spread this great revival to open this door in verse 10 he says this because you have kept my command to persevere i will also keep you from the harvest tree which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth that is a very key scripture yes because it, it really shows that we have to stay we have to persevere like william carey persevere listen this is not an easy thing losing your son at the age of five you know mm. Because, because can you imagine what he's thinking? It's my fault because I decided to go to India to take my whole family. My son died over there. My wife's from familiness. We start building the, the whole thing and then suddenly everything goes in a fire and you got to start again. Mm-hmm. But he persevered. And as he said, because you have come a command to persevere. And I think God is calling us to really persevere. Yes. Regardless of what things are we doing, regardless of the situation yeah. we're in, we've got to persevere. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be easy. Things not going to be easy, but we've got to persevere. The things that's so great about those two churches, Smyrna and Philadelphia, is that they went through time of persecution. But even in those time of persecution and suffering, they did not deny it. Mm, they still they, held on. They to still it. hold to it. Yeah, and yeah. he says this in verse twelve. What does he say? He overcomes. Yes. I will make him a pillar in a temple of my God and he shall go out no more. Now, that was very significant for Philadelphia because as I mentioned earlier on, the Philadelphia church were going through a lot, a lot, a lot of earthquake. So people were afraid of earthquake taking place. But what Jesus was saying to this church, he said, I will make you a pillar that will not be shaken. And that's what he was referring to in the church of Philadelphia. So that church of Philadelphia became a great pillar for the gospel of God. And up to today, that church is still here. And that church wasn't shaken because of what God did. And that's exactly what it is. So as we conclude on the church on Philadelphia, and next week we'll be concluding uh, on the last church, which is really the church that nobody wants to hear about, but it's a church that we need to speak about, yeah. which is the Ladiosia Church, yeah. which is from the prophetic application of this church is reference to the church of today, or Colossus, the Apostate Church. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Mm. So, w- why don't we pray? Father, we just thank you that truly the entrance of your word brings light and is a lamp to our feet and a lamp, a light to our feet and a lamp to our paths, mm. Father. Father, we thank you for you know, Lord, we thank you for for speaking to us through your word, Lord. We thank you for the Philadelphia Church that we can look back on them and be encouraged, Lord, to mm. to hold fast, to hold tight, to stand firm, and to be steadfast, Father, in order for us to be able to fulfill the call, the plan, the purpose, and the mandate that you have, you know, for your church, Lord, for us, Father. We just pray for everyone who is listening. 
that you will speak to each and every single heart, Father, that you will strengthen them where they are. Strengthen us all, Father. Mm. Strengthen us all, Lord, in order for it. Let us know that even when we have little strength, especially when we have little strength, these are the ones that you use. We use us, Father, in order to advance your kingdom. Mm. Father, for your kingdom to come, for your rule and for your reign, Father, to be known wherever we are planted, wherever we are placed. Mm. Father, use us all. Use us all. Help us to stand firm, Mm. Father. Let us stand firm according to your word and according to your ways. Let that be our portion, Father. Let us Mm. walk in that way. Father, we thank you so much commit this time into your hands and we give you thanks and we give you praise Mm. and for you for it to be about glorifying you lord Mm. to you be the glory we thank you we pray in jesus name amen amen okay so this is it now we're done with the church of philadelphia we pretty much done with all the churches we got one left next week the last one lady osia so guys I hope you had a wonderful time this morning. Uh, we had a great time. Mm. And we shall see you next week. Same place. Same place, sorry. Same time. Ciao. Bye-bye.